This is another episode of the Bangover Podcast Anniversary Album Reviews slash Brian's CD case. Does he even listen to this? We really need to get him on board. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like he would call us posers, though. Sellouts? Yeah, he would definitely. This is appropriate for this. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's real punk rock. As always, I'm Scott Allen. Chris Myers, our producer, is here. And... Bria Beal. Yay. <laughs> my last Beal. Bria Beal. Oh. Bria Beal. Got it. it. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and we are the Bangover Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, MySpace? Is, no. That's not no. a thing anymore. Uh, Facebook. The Facebook. Bangover Productions. Yes. Uh, Bangover One Word Productions. It's like Hangover, but with a, a B. Bangover. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well. Thank you. And today we're talking about, that's right, you've clicked on the episode, so you know, it's Black Flag Damaged. Uh, um, first Black Flag album, 1981. Uh, Did we have a month? Was there a month? I don't know. It was uh, I December mean, 5th. Yes, December 5th. Release date, yes. December 5th. Uh, everything's kind of vague in this uh, when we talk about these punk rock albums. Um, recorded August 1981. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this stuff was already like in the works or the makings. Uh, half of this but album, they were, like playing it yeah. for like a while. Exactly, years, half of this album songs. sounds like old Black yeah. Flag, and then the next half is like, well, this is, like where Black Flag's heading. Their real first album, but they yeah, for sure. But they came out. Everything before this was like an EP. You know, Jealous mm-hmm. Again, uh, Nervous Breakdown. Mm-hmm. They were a band. The five punk years rock prior, thing to do, right? Five years just prior. EPs, four, EPs. Three, four, yeah, exactly. Just keep pumping them out, keep pumping them out. Uh, well, let's get started in the beginning. You know, like we always talk about, how did we come across this band? Why did we love this band? Or maybe you guys don't love this band as much as me, and you know, we're just doing an episode on it. So let's get started. I'm Chris. Literally wearing a jacket that says I mean, "Revenge." What about you? I mean, what, what, well, what about you? me? Oh yeah. no, I gotta get started. Well. um... I think Black Flag just came along with knowing uh, about rock and roll. And as you start learning about, like, you know, I, I'm 32, so I'm not, I was not around when this was, like, coming out. 1981? No. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even live yet. So I, 
the bands I listen to are the modern day rock bands. And then knowing their influences, they talk about or wear a Black Flag shirt. And it's just iconic. You see it all the time. Like Black Flag is one of those things now where the, bars. the logo, yeah. the, the bars, bars are separate from Black Flag. It's its own entity at this point, you know? So knowing about it like that and then, you know, always hearing these songs, if you're going to listen to punk rock, like if you're going to have a playlist, it's these, there's going to be a lot of Black Flag songs that are going to pop up. They're one of the founders, you know, uh, 1976, they mm -hmm. got started. So, you know, pretty early on mm -hmm. uh, around with all the like with the Ramones and stuff like that. And they, they did the I, thing with the just four bars, like about the, the classic yeah. punk thing of making like an image oh, yeah, associated with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, the Ramones with the like they have the sort of like eagle sort of thing mm -hmm. stamp and then. That the so, leather jackets, yeah, the hair, you know, just like Misfits with the Fiend Skull. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, and there's this love between. It's very smart the land for and any band to do that. Create mm -hmm. a logo, an image, and uh, create. Um, People don't get the name tatted; yeah. they get the image tatted on. <laughs> exactly. Tatted. Tatted. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually uh, some fun facts at the end. We'll talk about that tattoo. Huh. Uh, but I again, I just it was always there. Black flag has just always been there. I can't remember. A defining point where I first heard Black Flag. I, and I could maybe say the Western Decline of Civilization, part one, yeah. because I was like 14, 15, maybe, maybe even younger, and I saw this on VH1, you know, and mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, I had no idea this music even existed, you know, living in suburbia, fucking Texas, you know, so far away from anything. Mm -hmm. The radio is not playing any of this stuff around here. So, and the internet not being around, it was kind of like, you know, it's like always VH1 with these like documentaries and the history of rock and roll and time and time again pop up. And Henry Rollins has just been there like a figurehead <laughs> icon everywhere. ever since 1981. <laughs> he's just been around. You know what I mean? He's just there. <laughs> You yeah. can, he's known separately he's like from Santa. Black Flag as well. He is. So he sees you all the time and he also brings you presents yes, once a year. Exactly. So <laughs> if, if, we, if we sit down and really think about it, this album really <clears throat> branched off like multiple things. Like that image, that logo where it just goes off and becomes its own thing, as well as Henry Rollins going and having a, a, a career in movies mm -hmm. and voiceover acting mm -hmm. and Spoken, spoken word, word and you know we his own have publishing a lot company. of fun he's a writer mm -hmm. yeah because he's kind of like one probably the most interesting guy he's also very nice in the story you know what i mean he like Based always is though. traveling you know he always is going at, yeah like, so always, saying, yeah he's, yeah listen to so, the, he's, if you yeah. like joe rogan he's on there several times and he always talks about just traveling and yeah, he literally Life. like yeah, has his i agent. saw the spoken word we talked about this yeah, on his, the podcast before his agent like books him all mm -hmm. these random like I saw him spoken word a few years ago, and he just like points to uh, that was the way he said he does. He just points to like a random place on the map of the world. And his fucking and his agent's America. like, all right, we're yeah. going there. He's like, I want to go to the worst places. Like he went to like the Baltics in the winter. Well, uh, <laughs> well, what about you, Brielle? Like, what was the? How did you find out? Just because oh, you were into the modern day punk rock, it kind of bled in. Well, right? all your favorite really bands did. had a black flag tattoo. <sighs> It really, it, it's weird because like, I don't know. I was really trying to think about the first time I Again, actually heard just Black Flag. Right. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was, because I used to hang out with a lot of um, 
trad skinheads, not neo-Nazi skinheads. Let's not get that confused. Right. There's two different types. There's two different types. Um, uh, growing up when I was a young teenager getting into the punk rock and they were into Black Flag. And so it would always be there. I feel like it'd be always in the background. And I also was an avid reader. I still am. But, um, and I, I read quite a few of his books and, uh, I really idolized Henry Rollins. Actually, I feel like I'm a huge Henry Rollins fan, almost, almost, almost more so than a black flag fan. Um, just because I really loved him, his writing and how he formed his own publishing company when he was young. And yeah, so they were just always, I don't know, in the background, listening to him at parties, reading his stuff. Um, Yeah. I, that's yeah, just everywhere. The bar, the bars are uh, yeah, of course. I'd see it, the bars it, everywhere. It does they make sense jackets. to know Henry Rollins first before knowing about Black Flag, especially just he's our, the image in our it. age range. You know, we're, yeah, we're not nearly old enough to be like, yeah, I saw them back in 1981. You know, or 1985, whatever. We're yeah, not, we're not old enough for that. Uh, yeah, that's I don't know, just always in the background and and. And it, it, it kind of it kind of molds into like all of the other bands I was listening to at the time too. So, like, exactly. Yeah. And Chris, skate tape? Not, not a skate, but I mean, just skating in general. I mean, yeah, Black Flag is like pretty synonymous with like the skate. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even this right album. It'd be uh, Nervous Breakdown, like Fix Me and Oh yeah, uh, Wasted. Like those songs. And like oh yeah, those are, are some like, of my favorite songs. Those are like skate songs. Yeah, they're so short, but they're like those you know are the I mean? Keith Morris days, yeah. I believe. Yeah, but yep. those are the songs I heard first that I like associated with Black Flag, and then learning about Henry Rollins and how he was the main staple of the band. Yeah. you start to be like, oh okay, there. He, you know, you then you learn about there was multiple people and all this other history of it as it unfolds. You know, you learning more and more and more. And then just the like CD covers in general, they're pretty like iconic. All the like Fuck yeah. the covers besides, uh, you know, this one's like a live action kind of shot, but then it's transitioned into the like static color with a drawing or a print or something like that. And then it almost looked kind of comic booky, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, it's you like kind of collect them red. because they're yeah yeah, yeah that is the sta- the the person um Ray Pettibone who designed that that's mm-hmm. what his sta- like he specifically wanted it to be like a comic booky darker mm-hmm. dark comic book looking so after this album it kind of you that's the trend i associated with the band you know Ryan con- he would buy every cd or you'd search those, but he had every yeah. cd so it looked like that it'd be like oh wow okay you associate like the color scheme and just the way they lay it out, sort of like a comic book with the logo, the it's all name, blocky. the blocky yeah. picture, but it's always like a f- still color. You know, it's like blue or, yeah, like we were saying, and then a picture on top of that. So this album cover, is it not real? I always thought it was him. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this cover, I thought it was real, too. Yeah. I always thought it was, but it's it is punch not. In the mirror. It's not real. I thought it was Damn like a solely punk so rock. The illusion Rollins? is that's Henry Rollins. That is Henry they, Rollins, okay. but they, it's not him actually yeah. punching the mirror. They broke it with a hammer. Oh, And then what? he's just putting his fist in And then he put his fist up, and they used, um, like, coffee and ink or something to, like, make the blood, the blood color. So, I mean, it was uh, just a trick of... Art trick of photography, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of uh, might break some punk rock's minds where it's like, oh, you know what I mean? That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that that kind of goes to the whole thing, too. Kind of like a, 
a mayhem. Like everything is kind of. How many shots would they have to the, take like, to get the perfect one of him just I mean, punching at, mirrors? At some like point, exactly. Exactly. Also like, painful. Also yeah. painful. This guy's, you know, yeah, I'm fuck myself up. It's the not record like label doesn't want him to bust his hand, so or whatever the fuck. They don't even have money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. You don't even health run. insurance. Like exactly. Fix his hand. If he's glass all up it. in that yeah. shit. What? Yeah. <laughs> trying to fucking so, go on tour like this. It's kind of like practicality too. Oh yeah. So yeah, I would bash a mirror if I was. Yeah, totally pissed off enough, but <laughs> yeah, because for I a guess photo shoot. Yeah, because you always think about like uh, that Pantera uh, cover where it's like someone getting hit, and you're like, oh, that yeah. that is totally like it totally looks real. Or I think there is like a an Alice in Chains album the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a boxer. Uh, I want to apologize to everyone uh, <laughs> if there if you hear a dog. Yes, if you hear a dog in the background, it's my dog. He's really angry about something. <laughs> uh, there's a. Great Dane outside the window, just oh. frolicking, <laughs> loving well, life. Well, he wants to play, too. Yeah, exactly well, what it is. Sorry for the distraction. My dog sends his apologies. Jupiter sends his apologies. Oh. And so does my phone. <laughs> now it's dead. Now it broke. Oh, it's broke. No. So. Great. This, yeah. pod, this podcast is going fantastic. Hey, this is it's all a part of it. We're loud, loud, loud noises in, in the punk rock all the time. Come on. Violence all the time. <laughs> okay, so let's... Pretty much where this all started is with Greg Glenn or uh, Glean. No, it's Greg Ginn. Ginn? Ginn. Greg Ginn. Yeah. And starting the record labels as we know it today, but starting off uh, at 12 years old, starting this little electronics company called SST. SST. Forming, yeah, when he was 12 years old. But Uh, it started as like an electronics company and he made tuners, I guess, guitar tuners of the such. Right, and didn't even play... Didn't even play guitar at this time. Yeah. And that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy to just turn this electronics company into a record company to help these bands that propel them, you know, and as like they, they're that, that stepping stone to kind of get them into the, the foot in the door in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like bands like Meat Puppets and, uh, man. It's just one of those, it was, uh, became one of those, uh, indie labels Mm -hmm. to help the underground scene, uh, fuel itself. You know, Discord is one of those as well. Uh, there was, there was a handful of them at the time. I think it was like a lot of their first, uh, albums. So like the band, you know, they would help, help them by getting them this, this album, the spot would engineer pretty much all of them. He was like the head engineer of SST. And, and. If anyone's watched any documentaries about Black Flag, you will sit there and watch them talk and uh, videos of them just like doing everything by hand. Little paper sleeves, pressing out like all these records by themselves, these little like, mm-hmm. you know, 12 it's inch very, or something, you know. DIY record. Yeah. Sort of company. And it, it fucking quite, dude, it's, it was a, uh, it was just so awesome back then that they were working this hard and like, uh, yeah, we were saying something printing like 500 flyers they, for every was a, show that, that was they did. That was a minimum did. is that they, they absolutely had to do 500 flyers And the flyers are fucking awesome, by the way. We want to talk about their artwork. Mm-hmm. Like, this it's is, always fun. It's like a comic book. With with this era, you do want to like pay attention. Like The, the whole do-it-yourself thing was very, very important. This is before the internet. This is before mm-hmm. events. This is the way you got yourself out there, you know? Online. If you weren't on yeah. I still major, think a lot of this is valid. All, yeah. yeah. all of the, those bands at that time... They 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 had to do it. There wasn't mm-hmm. a choice, otherwise there wouldn't be anything. Mm-hmm. 
So the amount of effort is incredible. 500 flyers. Yeah, that's why it's like, like, it takes a team to yeah. build this thing we even know as Black Flag today. Like, you know what I it mean? Was it was a, a group It wasn't people, just you know even what I mean? people in the band. It was the just machine that they created that yeah, propelled them forward. The friends. Uh, yeah. We talked about the, um, you know, the album cover, the artwork, the way it looks. Uh, it's actually Glenn's brother. It's- or, uh, Greg, Greg, Greg Ginn's uh, brother. Man, I've been saying that <laughs> name wrong for years. Um, uh, yeah, Greg's Ray Pettibone. He actually, yeah. he's, he's also Fun the one fact. who thought of the name Black Flag. Exactly, yeah. He designed so, the bars. Yeah. And um, so... Moving along with it, uh, Greg went off to college. He was 19 when he would get home from classes. He had this acoustic guitar laying around, and he would just strum on it, whittle or whatever, just play it for fun. Started at 19. And then his older brother... You know, showed him like, oh, listen to all these bands that are coming out at this time, all these punk rock bands, you know, and all he ever knew was, you know, just the classic rock and roll bands, mm-hmm. which are just the long haired dudes, bell bottoms, whatever was going on yeah. at that time. You what know? you heard on the radio. Yeah. And um, was just fascinated by it, you know, just immediately fell in love with it and then started off trying to do it himself. It seems like just turning his company into the record label kind of just move right in and try to build something right i'm not sure exactly what made him fall in love with just wanting to go out and create a band in some ways he did you can say it's probably why he quit it wasn't like his real biggest passion in life you know what i mean but um well, they were starting off as the band panic, panic yeah they were yeah they were called panic first 19 they were they were 76 they were one of the first ones if not the first, to emulate what was already going on at the East Coast with this hard, hardcore, which is that's what it's now known as, is that genre is hardcore punk. Um, they were the because they it was this is all in Hermosa Beach, Redondo Bay, California, which is where my mom's from, by the mm, way. Fun fact. Um, but uh, they were one of the first ones to emulate that sound that was already starting going on in the East Coast, in D.C., in New York, in New Jersey, um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they, they, they wanted, they wanted in on it. They're like, hey, we like this fucking sound. We're gonna do it ourselves, but we're gonna do it on the opposite side of the country. So it was a little harder for them too because that scene already existed and <clears throat> didn't have any ground in California yet. Right, so. and if we uh, a lot of the bands, I guess they talked about in the first Western Decline, they would like kind of pick the area and be like, here. This area, this is the scene that's going on well, over okay, so here, you know? Something you should and mention, And they would too, mention, you know, um, it, at this time is uh, also Dead Kennedys is happening. So if you watch also uh, American Hardcore, the documentary, they talk about how the East Coast, it flourished with the, this type of sound because it was very easy to get around. You'd tour, you'd stay at a friend's house that was part of this band or a friend of this band or whatever. So it was very easy to go around that side of the country, whereas... This on the West Coast, they didn't have all of those. They didn't have the network yet, so they really had to again completely do it themselves. Form this form this group of people that were that were also fans that were right. Not a lot of gigs in the beginning. I yeah. mean, us, me and Chris being in a local band, we get offers all the time. Gigs are happening all the time, and I think a lot of people take that shit for granted because back in those days, like it, it was like a gig maybe once a year for them, if that. I mean, even changing their name to Black Flag and not even until a year later, 
actually performing under the name Black Flag. We're talking like a the, couple of shows. Yeah, they changed a their year at the, most. They changed their name because there was another band. But you know Panic. they would just you know those shows would be insane though because everyone would show up and you don't like, take you play that shit those for one granted. and then yeah. they didn't even get to finish half the shows because they get shut down. By right, riots or a lot whatever, of it. So you like, know there was there was a, a, there was a lot of the increasing violence. No, well, because they, so the they used to spray paint. Wait, okay, let's go back. When they when they changed their name to Black Flag, when they created the symbol, they spray painted the bars everywhere. They tagged it everywhere, and it gained a lot of notoriety um, with the police. And the police were there's a lot of things about how um, police brutality against punk rock kids back in the '70s and the '80s, all the things. Um, Ted Kennedy's talk about it quite a bit as well. They, a lot of the songs this on this day, album, at the end of this album, Black talk Flag about members stuff like still that. say that it police was started story. by the police, not by them. Like, right. and, which is true. Like, even growing up much later, um, from the beginning of of punk rock, you could still kind of see how there's a lot of things where the police would specifically uh, see a kid that. I mean, you could read the lyrics to Police Story. Yeah. They're right there in front of you. You could just you read see a, that stere- right stere- now. Stereotypically, you see a kid that you know? looks like a punk rock kid, and the police is like, oh, he's going to do some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they talk about that. But yeah, so they they went around, tagged everything with the bars, gained a lot of notoriety. There was a lot of violence that ensued after that. Um, now they probably think it's a gang. Yeah, it's a whole whole thing. Especially, again, this is near L.A., in the 70s. So, the, the, not to mention what's going on in that area, there's already a lot of violence. There's already, already a lot of fucked up things there. Um, but, uh, yeah, they went through three singers before Henry Rollins, and they had they had a few shows, and when, right after they changed their name, they had the largest show that they never were able to emulate again. Um at the Santa Monica Auditorium, and they sold it out. It was 3,500 people. Yeah, there was a story Henry Rollins was talking about. He was like, there's, there's a difference between 300 people and 3,500 people and how close you get to people when that you're one, performing you know, he, with a crowd like that, you know? Because, again, I've He didn't I've perform heard, at that one. He wasn't well, um, playing it, yeah. That was something that he was saying, though. Like, uh, maybe yeah. it wasn't that particular gig, but he was talking about like a Just really big a black flag in general. A really big show. Maybe he's talking about a previous band, like something like the Rollins mm-hmm. Band, or, or maybe just the So Soa is where you know we see uh, Henry Rollins coming from. It's not like he the Black Flag wasn't his first outing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Having yeah. his own band, Soa, and then I believe doing some songs with HR from the Bad Brains. Uh, just yeah, cause a so, collaboration, I so believe. Speaking I'm not of both actually of this, sure what it was. Both of the scenes. So Henry Rollins comes from the East Coast scene. So it really, it was, it's kind of cool to see that evolution because you see all these West Coast guys and them trying to do their own thing. And then when they recruited Henry Rollins, he was from that area. He's from the East Coast. So he's bringing all of that energy to it. Right. So let's, uh, let's set the timeline. Um, <laughs> starting off with Greg um, and then finding Keith Morris. Uh, Keith Morris originally was going to be the drummer. Uh, this guy was such a madman in the stories I heard where he was just, you know, he'd do crazy shit like flips and fucking wacky smash my face on the stage thing. And he was like, you're not going to be the drummer. You're going to be the singer. And then leaving the... speed. Right. And Okay. <laughs> well, yep. All makes sense. Um, it's, this is the time. And uh, 
just some drama happened saying like he just always felt like outnumbered in most conversations in uh, band meetings and stuff like that. It was always three against one in his words. So uh, next up is, uh, I forget the guy's name. Small Hispanic guy. So there's there were three singers. So it was Keith Morris and then um, Ron Reyes. Ron Reyes, as you will see in the Western Decline of Civilization, that's him. And he was only in the band for six months. Um, I believe he played a show where his brother was there, maybe his girlfriend, and it was getting crazy. It was and too he just violent didn't even, for him. Yeah, he said. he said he didn't want to finish the show. And it's not what he was doing, like being in this band was. He didn't want to sit up there and preach to these people that didn't even give a fuck what he was saying mm. in his words. And then moving to Dez, which uh, played guitar as well. And then Dez blew his voice out singing. He was the one who sang that. Yeah, he was the one who sang at that show that I was talking about. And they went on their largest tour with Dez. Right. Dez blew out his voice and wanted to become the guitarist. By the way. And meeting Henry Rollins at the show in D.C., staying over at Ian McKay's house Mm -hmm. after the show. And, you know, Henry Rollins just being at the show, talking to these people. And he was just like, these fucking, these guys are great. All the singers were recruited because they were yeah. fans, by the way. Besides, months you know months who, later. You know who's singing for Black later. Flag now? Who? Mike V. Um. Skateboarder. <laughs> just, just skateboarder. That's what I'm saying. Chris it's like it all the, the what, it goes back to the skateboarding thing and the, the fan thing. The they're, what all, is? they're all just they're fans. All fans. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what, is Mike, that... Mike Vallely. Say what? What? That new album that came out in 2013. What the? Yeah, what the... I don't know if he's on that, but oh, that, uh, in that the, one's sick, dude. We in the latest, about that later on. Uh, there was a podcast that he was on, and he was talking about that's like that's, that's what he's well, crazy. Cool just Mike yeah. All these singers yeah. were just literally in the crowd, and they were uh, like, that, yeah, they then were they got recruited, and they, they were like, you're a fan, come, come audition. Like, the SST fucking, uh, you know, whole fucking production crew, and just fill in, yeah. go, go, whoever fits the bill, you know. And landing on Henry Rollins, uh, joining the band for I believe two weeks before they went in to record this mm-hmm. album. And we'll leave it there and play the next song. I believe we got to go with some of our favorites on here. So six pack it is. Yeah. Six pack. Six pack. 
I love in the uh, remake, he says uh, at the end of the song, he's like, fuck it, make it a Zima. Um, I'm referring to the Rise Above album that is uh, a collaboration of so many different guest star vocals, uh, a skeleton crew back band that covers these songs just to a fucking T, and it sounds so good to hear these songs like kind of remastered mm-hmm. and re-studioed, uh, especially songs like Rise Above where they just... You know, I love Damaged, but it, it is recorded and it shows its age, like on how it was recorded. And, you know, that's kind of what you were going for, you know, well, when you're doing punk rock. Anyways, I don't know if that's what they were going for. It's just what they could afford. It's recorded maybe. at Unicorn Studios, which is their which is cool label. Well, it's the label studio because they were on Unicorn before this album was on SST. It actually was an MCA uh, mm. record. So MCA was the parent company of unicorn and unicorn was going to distribute the album and that's where this whole legal lawsuit comes into play with the album where band members spend time in jail you have there's a point reason why you know sst is even there to begin with is to get this album out is because uh mca wasn't going to put it out nor unicorn because they didn't like what they heard? Uh, apparently, the owner of Unicorn, uh, or MCA, one of them, uh, said that it sound. This is n- non-parent music. This is pa- music for not for not for parents. Okay. And so the music is what the meant guy, for children. What the guys no, did, kids. Uh, the members of Black Flag, is they went into the, um, what is it, the warehouse where the, the CDs were, and they put little stickers over... Um, the MCA label because MCA wasn't going to release it. They had already printed everything. It was done and they weren't going to do it. They were just going to scrap it because it it actually said MCA on the back. And so instead what they did is they came and they put a little sticker that said that exact quote, you know, this is not music for parents or whatever like that over the MCA label. Because they didn't have that uh, get all the kids parent advisory sticker mm-hmm. yet. So, Ooh. and then after that, they still wouldn't put it out. So then it became this whole uh, legal thing where, um, you know, uh, basically it went down to the, the chain command of like Unicorn to put it out. They wouldn't do it. So then um, SST, you know, was like, okay, I'll put it out on there. That becomes a legal dispute between Unicorn and SST between who's going to put it out um that basically drains both companies in a way of just time and resources and that's why sst has to do meat puppets they got to do other bands to sort of fund and keep the whole ship moving forward and not get stuck on this lawsuit so then unicorn eventually gets uh dropped from mca they lose money they go bankrupt luckily they do go bankrupt because that whole process is still going on and that's why uh that's why apologize the, jackson yeah. house studios little, little, little oh, the dog noises yeah all the dog noises um, yeah so yeah that's that's basically why the album is even on. out and available is because unicorn went out of business or else they would have just kept suing them into the dirt you know well fucking because uh, <laughs> i mean they went out of business sst picks it up and then now we have the uh the sort of release that you hear today and then I'm right, and SST just having a slew of fucking bands. Well, they, they, all, they, they also, a few members did have to go and spend time in jail because of contempt of court. Because they. <laughs> of SST? 
uh, uh, Black Flag members, I believe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, SST. Well, the I heard thing, some so. lawsuit things where a lot of these bands like uh, Dinosaur Jr., the Meat Puppets, had to go and reclaim their music back from SST because they own the rights for it, therefore owning their music in some mm. ways. I didn't really get too far into it, but I was just looking at the amount of bands that they had. They do have... And they, yeah. it went on until, like, uh, the 90s, I believe, until, like, 95, 96, where I think it just all imploded on them. Or he just didn't I mean, give a fuck. The record industry is still fucking yeah. people over at this point. You know what I mean? We're in, what, early 80s? Oh, of course. You and I mean? and so. even... Well, that sucks that, you know... Their roots being in the DIYs, do-it-yourself, like, fuck the man, punk rock uh, atmosphere, you know, kind of cut out that corporate greed. It was supposed to be the idea and then kind of doing the same thing. But it's like, it's when... Or turning into that monster because you're just, you're taking on a lot of fucking great bands that went off and did a lot of great things. Soundgarden, for -hmm. God's sakes. You know, we have... uh, Sonic Youth, uh, Bad Brains, Screaming Trees, Husker Du, Overkill. What, where did they get Overkill? The yeah. Descendants, St. Vitus, Subhumans, The Dicks. And it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not even listing some of the uh, albums that they just put out for people that they weren't even signed to. Mm-hmm. More like using their studio in some way. Yeah. So, I mean, and then after that, I, I don't know where they start recording SST if they get their own facility. Because at that point, they're you, this album's Still done on the at Unicorn. unicorn. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it, it also speaks to, like, the grand scheme of, like, what you're saying, the punk rock and the major label thing. Where it's like, you could be on an independent label, but that then is a subsidiary of, or a, a, com- a part of a grander picture in order to keep the lights on. You know, or or they just get bought out, and you can't help that. If you're True. a band and you're on a small label, and then some majors like, oh, I like all those bands. They're signed to this label. We'll just buy out the whole label. Boom. Now are you, you know, that wasn't your decision. That was someone else's, and now that's sacrificing your, your kind of fans because now they're juggling. Yeah, I the idea. Of, I even saw like someone asked him your Rollins a question, and he just was like, "What do you think about?" SSG and their corporate greed and sellout or something like that, where he's just like, <laughs> he goes off and old interviews with Henry Rollins, I mean, too serious. Okay, so punk rock took you away the idea Henry of Rollins glam. Is too serious? Well, okay, so let me just hear me out. So <laughs> he uh, is a punk, serious punk person. Punk rock was supposed to take away the idea of like, the big rock star, like the the people that, oh, you you have to come backstage to see me. I'm not going to go hang out in the crowd afterwards. More personable to fans. That's what punk rock was all about, right? Getting in the crowd, being a part of it. The fans are a part of the it. The DIY, all of but it. But yeah, yeah. in some ways, they take it so okay. goddamn okay. serious to the this. point of just, no, well, I'm just saying like, the old interviews with them are just, they're a little too serious. There's and, a, there's a, and, and to put this in the fact of look at someone like things, Lemmy, look at say. someone like Lemmy in the interviews that he did in that same time. There's two different people for sure. Henry Rollins just being way too serious and like about these views that he thinks and everything. Okay. And then, you know, you got Lemmy just being like, dude, it's, there's this a is stark for, difference? It's supposed to be fun. Okay. There are, let me say this. I'm just saying, things get too serious sometimes. No, 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 you're right. Goddamn headphones. So, there's two distinct differences between what type of punk rock fan you are. And Henry Rollins is the, hey, 
I'm not fucking around. I want to make a difference. Like I met him and he was just this, like, he still is that way. Like I just wanted to shake his hand. He gave me the firmest handshake that I've ever had in my entire life. He's probably just, he was probably just so angry back then. I could see, he, I could see why. He opens up his acts by saying, I woke up every day with two middle fingers in the air and I still fucking do it because that's what he does is he hates shit. He hates shit. And he turns that anger and all of the things that he feels into fuel. And that's think, why yeah. he fucking has his own publishing company. That's why he's a fucking actor. That's why he does stand-up. Like, spoken word and comedian. That's why he travels the world giving soap to, to children. Like, he fucking hates shit so much that he actually makes a difference. And when you make fun of that, he gets very mad. Like, he's oh, I'm making not, a difference. I wasn't not, making not fun you, of it, Not you, not you. Ambiguously so, you. I think, I think I it's just... Yeah. The, so the interviews, it was just like, whoa. It's yeah. the culture <laughs> itself he, takes things... So there's that, and then, yeah, the culture itself is, like, kind of what we're talking about with, like, Ryan, Ryan maybe calling us a poser. Like, there are those punk rock kids who are like, it has to be this way, otherwise it's not punk. And that really goes against a lot of things. It goes yeah. against what so, punk rock means. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. It's, it, it, it totally it's a goes sick circle. Because there's a lot of people out there, especially back then, I mean, not so much now, but there's a lot of people when this was really blowing up that were like, I am punk rock. I am this. I am proving myself all the time. I'm going to fucking break this mirror. Mm. I'm going to fucking punch someone. And mm. that's where you Stage get that violent. But that the problem is it fucks shit up because that's where you you get that violence attached to it. Which the violence and is then, not supposed and to you, be and there. And it, I keep yeah. thinking of mayhem every time we just think. It's just like... It's, you gotta prove yourself, yeah, like, you, dude. It's, don't it's, fucking do that. But there, there's in a some veil. ways, it well, that's why what it is obviously it's, it's the man so behind envious. the curtain. There yeah. is a curtain to all okay. of this so in a, a way, and if we like, we want to reveal it and go past it. That's when things get too. You have the the crazy. Let's burn churches because yeah. of metal. Let's. Fucking I have a little bit of a per- personal story, people, really yeah, quick. You know, fucking getting crazy fights, stab someone. I have, a, I have a little bit of a personal story really quick on this subject. So a while ago, well, this was probably, this was, uh, let's see, I was like 20. My brother started this show, this annual show called Punks for Tolerance. And that's what it was all, all about, was you were supposed to be able to go to a show, be a punk rock kid, and not get the shit kicked out of you, or you do the shit kicking. And so the first fucking first fucking show that he that he did punks for tolerance some people got out of hand because they were trying to prove themselves all local punk bands and they got the shit kicked out of them and thrown out and it's like that's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to come together and fucking like this music and and be a part of it and like i said there are serious people and hang around he's fine he's just a serious person he just wants you to know that what he does has fucking meaning He's constantly proving that. But that brings us into a good segue to talk about Damaged. And really, Damaged doesn't really start until halfway through this album, in my opinion, to where it's it starts to get angry and you start to feel a lot of those things that Hemi Rollins talks about. Or, and like everyone in that scene is feeling at that time. And it gets crazy towards the end of this album. The first half is very fun. We have sing-alongy. It's very like yeah, not to take away from the feeling. It's getting drunk, right? And then it's coming down off the alcohol and just like yeah, not not, not to take away and then the fucking the feelings from the feeling of being hungover, just not feeling well, you know, about anything. But the first half is like the bubbles, like just fucking. Woo, party, you know, TV party. Well, it is supposed to be about like punk rock is definitely raw emotion. And and 
and that's where yeah but then we get to the damage side of things and the the album in my opinion doesn't flow that well Uh, some of it does feel like it's a bit pieced together because halfway through we start to go through a transition of i mean the first half of the album sounds like the ep before it right you know, yeah. And I kind of personally like that. I, I like the old, I like Those that, are more old, my that black flag yeah. sound. Not to Jealous say again, yeah. nervous it, breakdown. Ah, it. nervous breakdown. The more hardcore, it. practical hardcore shit, where it is you know noisy and just like not necessarily poppy, where it's the traditional song structure in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's where it, it kind of it gets more hardcore and like. Stuff like that, but for me, I like the, I like the other stuff a little. Right, because the album after this, My War, is kind of like they dabble into a more heavier sound where it it does become a Dude, little metal. I mean, er, so harder. sounding a little harder. The fact that they do this album right, where they're playing these songs for years, record the album, go through all this turmoil. That's pretty much why it isn't as like well known. Is because it was locked up in legal battle for forever pretty much done sitting on the shelf or sitting in a warehouse. It's going to be fucking frustrating. Yeah, it's just sitting there. So uh, that put that strain. But then that's why you have this big gap from this album of 81 to then they have their, they do two EPs in between the next full length and then it's My War, 84, and two more in the same year. Yeah, pumping them out. Yeah. Um, My War and then uh, fucking, what's that one that I own? It's red with the nun on it. Help me out here, folks. Why do we suck? Family Man and Slip It In. Slip It In. I knew it was named after the song. So, it was fucking first song on the album. For them That's to like, why I forgot. do three albums in one year. You know? They was like already had it, you know. Well, that's exactly, to that point you know? where that's why yeah. you have that gap from eighty one to eighty four is because the legal battle. They're writing all these new Dude, songs. There were some weird songs on the later albums where they just really start to experiment and get all experimental, mm-hmm. if you will. But uh, keeping everything together would have been. It's just like a dam- shotgun blast it's, of music. Yeah, it's, it's damaged, like- and it's so weird to think about or say, you know, damaged first Black Flag album, but it's the middle point of Black Flag. It's everything that uh, Black Flag was before and everything that Black Flag is going to mm-hmm. become. And it just sits there like a stamp to like kind of, uh, it's the bridge in between the the way Black Flag became or how Black Flag evolved. Yeah. between Or from, you know, the Keith Morris very, I love Keith Morris' voice, you know, it's just very little high pitched and it's fucking, he just goes so fast and it sounds awesome. Well, you also haven't mentioned I really the, love it. The Circle Jerks, by the way, when Keith Morris left, he formed the Circle Right, jerks. going off yeah. and forming Circle to Jerks that, and now the band Off, which is kind of supposed to be an <laughs> ironic thing because, you know, Black Flag is a bug spray, Off is another type of <laughs> poison, and Off of his new <laughs> band. Type of poison? Oh, it's Wait, like a brand of like you know a brand of repellent. Yes, a bug, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a bug, bug poison. Yeah, it keeps bugs away from you. And we found out a fun fact in between the break that uh, their latest album, the 2013 What the, they went was, back to Ra. Uh, what's his name? The Ra- Ra- Ramos. 
Reyes. Reyes. Yes. Ron, Ron Reyes. Mm-hmm. Ron Reyes did Ron that Reyes. entire album. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's cool. And that album's They're fun. They're all still friends. I like that yeah. album a lot. The whole album's good. I would suggest going out and listening to it if you haven't. If you're a Black Flag fan and you were kind of like, ooh, you know, like new release after 20 or whatever fucking years of 15, 16, well, I'm not Keith, sure. Keith Moore still, still performs with Black Flag sometimes. Yeah, I mean. I, I, saw, I saw them play. It, it, it's was, more like. Uh, so you get Henry down. Rollins doesn't do black you get flag down to the anymore. you get down to the end of the black flag story, and it's just Greg, you know the the story of him calling Henry Rollins and he's like, "I'm done, I'm out, dude," and Henry just being like, "But it's your band, it's like you're quitting the band that you started. It, in every way, it was his band, but this band evolved past him. He." We know a lot of bands that it is one person that kind of stays with it and it's their masterpiece and I mean, then like other members come in. Misfits. Yeah. Some, in some ways, it doesn't actually feel but it's like that. But it's an idea as because, well. It's a concept. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same Black Flag seems more misfits. like a concept that he created that just got out of control. Yeah. Hence why we have the uh, Rise Above just able to do these songs. Like There was no copyright kind of like infringement thing. They came in and all these different singers and didn't even have uh, any of the original like or like members doing the music if you will um and then you know able to do what the and just i you hear a lot of people cover these songs it mm-hmm. just it it just kind of seems like free like a domain like free domain these days when it comes to black flag like anyone can have black flag anyone can do black flag Mm-hmm. And yeah, going on tour, playing these songs, Henry Rollins is not going to be like, hey, I wrote the lyrics for that. Go fuck yourself. You can't use it. I'm sure that battle was fought a long time ago and they've, everyone has just settled. And that's where we get I don't think now. he cares. Exactly. <laughs> we, we get that now in our day and age of 2019 where a lot of these bands just settled and now we're going back on tour for the first time. We see this time and time again mm-hmm. with bands from this time frame of getting back together and going on tour. We've seen this so much. They come here in Austin, especially the punk rock bands, you know, mm-hmm. and, and more so in the punk rock, those old punk rock bands that reform and go back on tour. And they're going to, they're going to sell out fucking, you know, small venues, but it's going to be one hell of a show. And they're, they're just doing it out of the pure passion of now they can do it for the right reasons. They can play these shows. They can play music for the right reasons, not, what it was back in the day, which just seemed like all, a lot of it, I could see why a lot of musicians are the way they are now or just quit music altogether because of just how things worked back then. And that had to be well, super frustrating. it was a constant fight to be that way. Exactly. There's people again, trying to make money off of this. Well, that and the, and the violence that was associated with it. And, and it, it was just a constant fight to like, one, not get the shit kicked out of you and two, tr- be respected in the scene it was it was because all these bands are happening all this time and now they're doing it and it's kind of it's out of love and like of course it was out of love in the beginning as well but there's not it's not the same it's not i think like, we figured it out at yeah, this point we've yeah. had enough time so uh do you guys want to get into the next song and have a little bit of fun a little bit of fun yeah tv party Woo, TV party! by far the funnest song and uh, again if you go out and try to find that rise above album released in 2002 uh they do an update version of Rise Above, and it has all the guest stars from the album mm-hmm. saying their favorite shows, you know, in yeah. between. Then it's just more modern. It's great. Cute. <laughs> 
That drum beat is fucking crazy. I love it. It's going off the Makes tom it and the snare. It was really hard to play some of these songs when I was younger and we were trying to cover some of this stuff. It's like, oh, it's punk rock. It's easy, right? But the drums, to me, were never that easy. Uh, me always trying to calculate stuff and figure it out, and these guys just fucking doing it. And they just, I'm just, just going to do it. I'm just going to do. And it's like, that's kind of where you got to go you got to make something catchy. Yeah. yeah if it, you know. And the drums are always just the fastest, sickest shit when it comes to these type of bands where you're just like, holy fuck, you know, like where do you get that energy from of drugs, you know, but, um, the crowd, we talked, uh, we didn't really get to talk about the members that were on this album, the personnel, if you will. Obviously we have Henry Rollins at lead vocals, grade, uh, Gein 
as the lead guitar. Des, I can't give you his last name, rhythm guitar. Kadina. Kadina. Uh, which sung prior. All these, everyone in the band sings backup, by the way. Uh, Chuck. As we just heard in TV party. Well, I'm not saying that last name either. Uh, bass player backing vocals. And then Robo on drums. And the fun thing is uh, Des and Robo play for the Misfits. When the Misfits were just like the Jerry only, like just playing in Mexico a whole lot, doing the Project 1950s. Um, just filling in, still playing. That's awesome. All these members interchange. Like there's so. In, right? In, I believe. In the- exactly. I believe Robo is even on the one of the next albums we're going to do. I didn't have time to uh, go and check, but uh, I believe he does the drums on Earth AD, which will be our next punk rock episode of December. Yay. Punk rock. I haven't come up with a pun yet or like a, a good wave. Punk rock. December. December. Don't get stuck on this. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> punk in oh, December. Okay. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> punk in December. A lot of oh, punk God. rock albums came out in December. So it just we found this one. We have Earth AD coming up, which uh, that's why it was like crossover already and we haven't even talked about it. Um, where do we go from here is pretty much uh, we get into the fun facts, right? And all the fun facts really come from Henry Rollins. He's been everywhere. So we put on random movies at work and um, it was, uh, you know, we were just, well, fuck it. We'll put on Bad Boys too. Guess who's in that movie? Dude. Henry Rollins. Like I said, right he's there. everywhere. Oh, and I'm sorry. Um, you wanted to speak a little bit about the song that we were just oh, uh, no. listening to. Oh, no. I just had a fun story about a uh, TV party. I was. Uh, you had a TV party before? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a fun time. No, so uh, uh, when I was listening to this album a lot, I lived with my cousin, and uh, I'm sorry, Jake, I love you, but you're you're kind of a messy piece of shit sometimes. And uh, he left his shit everywhere, and I got mad at him one time. My TV was out in the living room, and so uh, I took my TV out of the living room, and I put it in my room, and I put a giant box in place of the TV on it, and I wrote, no more TV party tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't get it. He never got it. I hope he does. Maybe he'll listen to it and finally get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> that's all Fuck. I want to say. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that would be a good way to take a TV away from someone. <laughs> yeah. That's what you would Place say. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, right? No more TV party tonight. Oh. Oh, now we're heartbroke. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, the whole song is. Oh, now it's broken. Oh, yeah. that's part of the song. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, back to a little of the fun facts of the Rollins So Henry Rollins is everywhere. He's uh, in a bunch of movies. Well, let's just get into a little bit of his... Uh, let's just start off with his real name. Henry Lawrence, Lawrence Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> you gotta Rollins change that. Rollins was... Yeah, I get that. I got a long, weird last name too, man. Uh, born February 13th, 1961. He's an old man now. That's his publishing company, too. 21361. Look it up. Read all of his books. They're great. Right. So some of his like uh, little staple points was having a start in the band, uh, SOA. Uh, obviously, Black Flag. We move on to his publishing company that he started when he went on tour for the first time with Black Flag, writing... What was it he was writing? Just spoken word kind of thing? He was and- writing pamphlets. Um, I don't know if they... Pamphlets I, to pass No, he, he was writing like little like booklets and he was passing out stuff. And I just... I remember the story. I think it was either him or somebody that was interviewing 
him was talking about how they asked him, like, oh, well, you know, how are you getting this around? What's your publishing company? He's like, it's not through a publishing company. And he was like, well, we, the other person was like, well, you got to do that. He's like, fuck it, I start my own and put his birthday on there. Boom, DIY. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here today. And it's still a thing. And then we get into the Rollins Band, uh, which uh, I, I really like the Rollins Band. They've always been fun. You know, it's not like, They're I will fine. just, if a song pops up in one of my playlists, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? I don't really go too far out of my way to listen to some Henry Rollins, just the Rollins Band stuff, but I, I love the Rollins Band. Uh, it's always been fun. He had that show on uh, AFC, was just the Henry Rollins show. Yeah. Oh my and God. They, I, forgot I They would perform. About that. Yeah, I think they would perform <gasps> all the time that on show. that. Yeah, it was a good show. It, it was, was so a great cool. show. Yeah. yeah, I totally forgot really about that. Was and, that um, what it was he on? Would, he would get some great bands to yeah. play at the end as well. But just always wearing like I get it, dude, because I kind of wear the same wardrobe on stage. It's just a fucking pair of like real tight spandex underwear, (laughs) a slip, (laughs) and we didn't even wear shoes, and And that's it. Ripped, yeah, bulked out. He is just yeah. He's one of those guys that is like very motivated. Veins coming out of the side of his neck. That's what I picture. Yeah, I I was like, man, me and Rollins have a lot in common. You know, just. Both kind of. He always stands that way. Every every time I ever see him, he's standing in the same position. Like like his arms crossed. He has no neck. He has it's just one piece. Like it's amazing. It. Like that image is like you know the he shaved head and, and yeah. the like the no shirt. That right there. That's like the punk rock heart singer. Yeah, like that's the look. Oh, so many cool like, stories. The way he too, holds right? the microphone, yeah. Yeah. Way, like, just like yeah. up to his face, like, like just um, super abrupt. opening up for Iggy Pop. And he was like, all right. Like, he talks to his band mates like a fucking general, like going to war when they go and play a show. It's great. It's like trying to leave everything out there on stage. I want you, like, literally out of breath, like gasping for air when we walk off this motherfucker. I want you almost dead. Uh, But opening up for Iggy Pop, it was just like, I have to go out there and just be everything I can as that lead singer and try to crush it. And he just goes out there and he says it's like one of his best performances ever. And then Iggy Pop, like, he's walking back through, and he looks at Iggy Pop. He's like, come on, yeah, try to follow that. And Iggy Pop just goes out there and does what Iggy Pop has always done. Well, yeah, you can't. Destroy. Destroy. You can't even keep up with this guy, and he's, like, 30 years older than Doing Henry Rollins. dances, yeah. like Mick Jagger dances. He, and he's, he's karate. Yeah, <laughs> if, if anything, it's, it's, it's like the Stooges that got Black Flag and all these bands really going because – that's our one Americana we band. We all should learn some like, Papa Iggy. Fuck yes. You know, the Stooges well, was so, like, those first two albums the just audience so benefits, fucking good. But it's just the band fighting each other and uh, trying to outdo each other. And the winner, yeah, the winner is the audience. Yeah. Because we just get more. And then, yeah, music. the story of him opening up for Ozzy Osbourne. And um, he just telling his bandmates, like, I don't care, like, how much shit they throw at us how loud they boo. Like you keep going until they break that barrier and storm the stage and like rip us off of it and just keep playing. So they did 45 minutes. They say fucking crushed. Everyone loved it. And as he said, like, uh, you know, you hear like a roar, ah, and he's like, okay, we did, we did good, you know, in front of Ozzy's fans because no one's there to see Rollins band. And then, you know, Ozzy comes out an hour later and it was just like, ah, to ah, like the whole crowd blows up. So it's fucking Ozzy Osbourne. And then, you know, sharing a Pepsi with them <laughs> on the plane ride, uh, talking about how they wrote Paranoid, you know, mm-hmm. get a good Aussie story in. It's great. You know, uh, he got to meet some of his icons to where it's like he thinks of these people as gods, where like 
Well, you know, Black like Sabbath us, we think of Henry Rollins like, as one of our, like, you know, one of those guys that's like, fuck yeah, he's always been there. He's always been in the scene. And, uh, you know, there's been some moments where, like, he's been Henry Rollins and been a little crazy. Uh, so many stories in showbiz. Can I talk about the, the punch out video? <laughs> so many stories in showbiz uh, when it comes to like him just being an angry guy. And I, I loved one of his quotes. Uh, I watched his episode of Hot Ones. No <laughs> one's ever seen that yeah. show Hot Ones. They do an interview where they eat spicy wings and the questions get harder as the wings get more spicier, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's fucking great. But he's a great interviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Hot Ones. Um, but uh, he was saying he would... Um, he crafts and like uh, sharpens his skills as a person and what he's good at to help him not be that super angry guy that wants to smash people's faces. Like this is kind of his form of meditation where, you know, he does those intense things. Like he'll go on these crazy journeys around the world and do. Yeah. Like, he purposely puts work. himself in yes. terrible, terrible situations. Exactly. He's done some journalism work. He's done a lot of documentary work. He's, He's one of those people that really gives a fuck. And that's kind of why he's so angry, to be honest, because he just cares. Cares about fucking humanity. And um, he's fucking Henry Rollins. Uh, I miss the show so much. God, I completely forgot about that. I would like look forward to seeing episodes. Me too, every Sunday, man. It was fucking great. Um, Some of the movies that I had listed, I said Bad Boys 2. Some I didn't even know about was uh, Heat. That movie Heat back in '94. Well, uh, now action. He's, he's starring in movies now. Like, yeah, but it's a lot of B movies. It's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Know. I watched it at the bar. I mean, it was it's, okay. It's, I mean, it's but it's getting to the point where uh, it's he like, was in Jack Frost. He was in Feast. Feast. I love Feast. Feast. We love that. He was movie, in Lost Chris. Highway. Lost Highway. Uh, the Chase, as we know, as a uh, fucking um, what's his face, Tiger Blood, uh, Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. That movie, The Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe. Most of the Red Hot Chili Peppers is in that movie, too. They were the rednecks in the movie. They were always the rednecks in the movie. Um, and then he did, like, uh, remember Batman Beyond, the animated series? Mm-hmm. They did that movie, The Return of the Joker, and he was, like, one of the gangsters. He did the voice. He's the voice in a lot of things. Yeah, he's he the voice voiceover work. of um, Lady... He has a very iconic voice. In, in uh, Adventure Time, he's the voice of Lady Ranicorn's dad. Boom! That's awesome. <laughs> and Johnny Munich. Uh, so you get that little, you know, we're close to fucking, um, God, I can't think of names today. Neo. Yeah. <laughs> John Wick, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I knew I was going to get it. John Wick. Um, Keanu. It's pretty cool. Keanu. Um, I'm fucking, I fucking love Black Flag. Uh, they're definitely... One of my favorite bands. I'm not even going to say, like I always said, one of my favorite punk rock bands. But I think it's more than that. Those, a lot of their songs, uh, still to this day, I just fucking love. And going back and listening to some of these, is just like, fuck yeah, dude. They fucking, they hold up. These songs are great. Oh, yeah. And um, especially like TV Party, uh, Depression. I, I, think, I think about that song all the time. Like A lot of these songs are just so on the nose where it's just like, you're having one of those days, you know, and you could just play a Black Flag song inside your head, you know, like just black coffee. Like just think about that all day at work. Drinking black coffee, stare at the wall. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Uh, I would, I would definitely want if someone else in this town, Austin, Texas, would be down to start a Black Flag cover band. I would, I'd fucking do it. I'm doing a heartbeat. I, 
Absolutely love this band. I love Henry Rollins uh, just as much. Uh, my personal, oh, yeah. you know, opinion. He's also in Sons of Anarchy. How could I forget oh, that? Yeah, he plays the fucking skinhead. TV shows, right? <laughs> yeah, he plays the crazy neo-Nazi skinhead. There was also... I, I said it earlier. There was an episode of something that he, he raped was someone in. in that show. Like some TV show back in the day. He just makes cameos. Uh, definitely his... Uh, oh, oh. It was a pretty big list of movies when you go to his IMDb. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, shit, you know? Um, didn't think you had that much. Oh, yeah, he's in Wrong Turn 2 as well. What's with uh, punk rockers just joining, like, doing movies after a while? I'm just thinking of, like, Blondie and that guy from the New York Dolls, the lead singer. Oh, God. And Tom Waits. Because Scrooge, he was the taxi driver in Scrooge. Tom Waits is in a ton of Tom, shit. Tom, um, tons of tons. Tons. Starts with being also. friends with... Iggy, yeah, Iggy, Iggy was also in uh, The nice Crow, Coffee too. and cigarettes. Tom Waits and Iggy. But he was also in <laughs> The Crow, too. <laughs> those were the movies, man, back in those 90s. Mm, loved them. Horrible, horrible movies, but I love them. Um, you guys have anything else you want to go over? Um, okay. Uh, I was reading this article in Vice, and just to that, I wanted to talk or speak on it on that point of how the album is split. And uh, just I had one thing that I read, or there was one thing in the article I read that kind of solidifies that idea. And, like, you know, um, we're quoted as saying, where the music found on the first four years offered bands away uh, to something new. Damaged felt like it tied to hardcore's. It's tied to hardcore's gestational period instead of its invigorating period. Mm, so instead it. of the flute, where probably ninety four, you know, you have that burst of like hardcore music in ninety four with Black Flag in general. This album is that kind of gestational period album, and it is epitome. You know, you hear it in the sound where it's the first half of the album is a certain way, and then the next half is a certain way. Right. It's because it's stuck in that middle of trying to like figure out what is the scene, what does it sound like, what is turning into, yeah, what's what happening. is it turning into. Yeah. So that was interesting how it's point. Other people can hear that. It's not true. It's very recognizable in the format and the sound of the album and the time. And it's crazy. A lot of these, um, a lot of these punk rock bands. Well, not. A lot of them, but you know, some of these just went off and became metal bands, just working their way up. You know, like we have uh, suicidal tendencies starting yeah. at the same time, and then look at where they're at now, and it's more like a thrash band. Mm -hmm. uh, DRI is the same oh, way. Well, evolution uh, of sound. thrash band, yeah. yeah. Uh, fucking bad brains just went weird direction, very like very bad. college, <laughs> what they would evolution. call college rock. You know, mm -hmm. it's very experimental, it kind of sounded like a Faith No More or a Fishbone. Type of I love those albums though. Um, I think with bands I doing that, and, yeah, doing that transition and incorporating other types of music, yeah, they created or were a part of the creation of this type of music. So that's why it's just you know, all right, feels like it's creating. So. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, since these songs are so short, there's so many, and we had problems picking out which ones we wanted to do. We're just gonna play two. Uh, back to back, I thought it was very appropriate. We're going to give you Gimme, Gimme, Gimme and Depression. Yeah. You could definitely hear from the first part of this, we just listened to TV Party, to where we're at now on this album. This mm -hmm. is only four songs away from that. 
And uh, again, I'm Scott Allen. We're Chris Myers here. Bria Beal. Bria Beal. You can follow me on Instagram at Scott Allen, A L N. A-N. He can't uh, even spell his own One, three, three. He can't even fucking spell his own Well, because you're looking at me, you're putting me on the spot. And follow us on Instagram. Follow Bangover. Bangover Productions, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we put out some live videos, and Chris, I got to say, they're fucking amazing, of our last showcase at the Lost Well, uh, Bloodhammer oh, and Polio. Paleo. Paleo. Gotcha. <laughs> Polio. Polio. All right, we're, now we're all running late. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening, and please join us again. Black Black for Life. <laughs>
Christian. Gary Green Christian's got it. Christian's got it.